You're listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jangle, the women's source for optimal health and lifelong performance. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body IOFM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro, and we have Andrea Jangle, AJ, with us. How's it going? Good. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Enjoying these nice yeah. warm days and warm evenings. Yeah, it's been beautiful out. Is it finally? <sighs> temperatures are up. <laughs> oh, yeah. Temperatures are up, but it's been nice. It hasn't been too hot. I was actually biking, uh, mountain biking on Sunday, and it no, maybe it was Saturday, and it was like just perfect weather. It wasn't like muggy or gross or anything like that. It was just like gorgeous. So wonderful. It stayed like that all week. So That's hopefully great. we stay like that for the weekend too. Yeah. Does it get yeah. really humid out there? Yes, believe okay. it or not. Uh, like the Toronto area, uh, we're near the Great Lakes, and it gets really, really humid. Mm. Uh, we get a lot of like crazy weather that rips through here, so we'll get like thunderstorms that come through, and of course, like the humidity just really builds before that, and then it will yeah. let up. That makes sense. opposed to when I lived on like the West Coast, it's it wasn't nearly as humid as it is here. It's yeah. very sticky sometimes. Uh, yeah, I, I remember experiencing that in Austin. But now that now that I'm back on the West Coast, it's, uh, you know, a little bit of humidity, but pretty mild for the most part and just warm, which is like perfect. So none of the stickiness, yeah. which is nice. None of the stickiness. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's interesting? I'm just going to throw this out there before we even just say what the show is about. When I was borderline like hypothyroid, so we'll call it like subclinical hypothyroid, mm-hmm. Weather changes like that would really, really, really affect me. So if it was like hot and humid one day and then it cooled off after a thunder shower, they felt like such drastic, intense changes to me and my body had a real hard time adapting. And I realized that that was one of my like symptoms that I noticed when I was um, like borderline hypothyroid, just for a lot of our listeners, that oh, might be something that they find helpful. Yeah. And ever since, I mean... That whole story is kind of like a long story, but ever since I, I don't have that issue anymore, um, I, I attribute that to a few things, um, just nutrition, proper exercise, and T3 fuel has really helped. But mm-hmm. um, it's so interesting now, like when when I get those weather changes or when it's really cold or like get a day where it's just super humid, it, it doesn't bother me at all. And before, it used to th- totally throw me for a loop. Like, Interesting. It was just, it was so obvious. Yeah. So, what, what did you feel like anyway, it, it affected the most? Like, well, it affected my it? mood because I couldn't mm. cope with the weather. Like, the weather would change and it felt so drastic to me. So, if it was hot, it just felt like it was really, really, really hot. It was mm. really intense. And then, of course, you kind of still get like those little, because your body temp is low in that state, like, you kind of get like those little bursts of like feeling kind of cold and shivery and then mm-hmm. the temperature would drop and then all of a sudden you just think that if you're just freezing cold all the time <laughs> and it was just they just felt like really drastic changes mm-hmm. and it's that's just totally gone and like same thing if I would go into like a, a store I mean some places you go in and the AC is just cranked right so yeah, that's not yeah. a good way to gauge it but you know it's kind of when you're sitting with friends and if everyone's wearing a tank top and everyone's kind of warm and you're sitting there in a sweater and you're still cold then that might be an indication of something <laughs> <laughs> anyway we're totally off track before we're even on track but <laughs> it's okay it's all related 
<laughs> it's all related. Somehow, somewhere, someone will resonate with that. That will resonate with them, and they'll be like, "Oh, yeah, that does happen to me." It does happen to me. So, so good thing to be anyways. aware of. Good thing to be aware of. Yeah, it is <laughs> because I think we're going to talk about a few. Well, what is this show about? The show is really—I don't even know if I want to call it life hacks. Maybe it's just tips in general. Yeah, I think um, tips and techniques for you know, making life a little bit easier, a little less stressful, a little more convenient. Um, I think planning has a lot to do with it and consistency. So we're just going to talk about some little tips that and tricks that we've used over the years uh, just to make things a little bit easier. Because honestly, that's what it's all about, keeping things simple and easy and having things be affect our stress levels to at a minimum. Oh, yeah. Because like working with clients, it is so obvious when someone's life is just too crazy in general, diet just like it's kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back. They just can't stick to it because everything else is just kind of crazy. So just chipping away at anything you can to make your daily routine easier mm-hmm. it really does make a big difference. And it adds up when you start doing it on you know, sort all different levels of your life. Yeah. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. What did you I'm, want to start off with? Well, I mean, something really basic is that's worked for me and and I'm definitely a creature of habit and I find having things my daily routine kind of planned out and consistent that in and of itself helps set the tone for every day. So, yeah. you know, I wake up and I have my morning routine and it's something that I look forward to and I can plan for and you know, I do within that morning routine, I, I wake up and I take my T3 fuel, like I'm sure you do too. And, yep. you know, I prepare my coffee so that it's ready a little while after I've taken my T3 fuel. And I, I use that time in between to just sort of sit and be with myself and kind of set the tone and the intention for the day. And that little sitting moment, even if it's only 10 minutes, really makes a difference for how just the tone of the day and kind of my, yeah, my it's expectations. Like, are you gonna, mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you going to start off your day already in a tailspin by just like running around going crazy or if, you know, that calmness, that sense of calmness, if you set it first thing, hopefully it, you know, follows you throughout the day. <laughs> of course things are going <laughs> to pop up and we don't live in a perfect world and things don't always go as planned, but you're right when you just like acknowledge that tone, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, I do a very similar thing with my T3. I I was actually, I just started doing this a little while ago because I was actually missing it sometimes in the morning. Like I would just forget. Right. So in those instances that I still forget, which hasn't happened too often, I would actually delay it and then take it before I work out in the afternoon, which mm-hmm. would be kind of like, I guess, on the emptiest stomach that I would have for the day because I don't really eat for a few hours before I train. So that would be like my backup plan. But what I just started doing is just keeping my my uh, pill case on, and I'll get to that in a second, the pill case, but I just keep it on my night table and I keep a glass of water on my night table. And so when I get up in the morning, first thing to go to the bathroom, you know, sometimes I go back to bed for another half hour. Sometimes I don't, I just take my T3 as soon as I wake up. Mm-hmm. And you know, similar to you, like sometimes I go back to bed, then, you know, that buys me a little bit more time before my coffee and my heavy whipped cream or very similar to what you said, just sit down uh, after that and just have a moment to just kind of, you know, even if I'm doing my to-do list for the day and just kind of 
organizing what I'm going to do. It's like, it's not like I'm always sitting there meditating for 20 minutes, half an hour. Sometimes I'm actually working, but it's, it's focused on organization. And yeah, that really works for me too. Mm-hmm. And the organization the is... The pill case. Oh yeah, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> pill case. Oh, so yeah, no, the organization <laughs> is key for me. It mm-hmm. always has been. And in times in my life where I've not focused on that, it really just kind of snowballs into other aspects of my life. Like everything seems disorganized. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, so the pill case. Someone... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm bringing this up right now because I guess it just happened the other week because I was traveling. I went to go visit my mom and my sister at the cottage, and I do use like the, the total senior citizen pillowcase. I have one the too. Letters of the days of the week. Yeah, I, I love it. I got it at the dollar store for a buck. Nice. And I don't know, maybe the more expensive ones shut really, really well. But in my experience, I don't know, even like the $10 ones I bought, sometimes the lids flip open. So I just take an elastic and I just wrap it around it lengthwise <laughs> and it never opens. <laughs> and you can chuck it in a duffel bag or in your purse or whatever mm-hmm. and it's good to go. So that's what I do. That's how I... <laughs> keep my <laughs> I, I have my a little uh, organized. I have a, like a little stacked one that uh, they oh, screw okay. on they screw together so like the lid mm-hmm. for one is the the bottom of the next one and there's yeah. seven of them and what's nice is I can if I only if I'm only going away for a few days I can just pull off three of them which is awesome oh yeah that's so cool. I don't have to bring like so the whole thing I honestly got that, that I think it was like two dollars I found yeah, it at so Rite Aid or Walgreens, one of those little just, you know, convenience stores. Yeah. It was great. And it's kind of color-coded, which I like, just because I like things that are colored <laughs> and pretty. So it's <laughs> also how I do my to-do lists. Is I, I'll often I'll organize them, and colors mean different tasks. So I also, in my organization, like things color-coded also. That's a little uh, OCD-ness, but it works for me. <laughs> Works for me too. If you can hear, can you hear this right now? Can you hear that noise? Yeah, you're you know those like pen. clicky pens. Uh-huh. You know the big pens with the four colors that everyone yeah. used in oh, high nice. school. I, I still <laughs> use those because I love them. <laughs> I actually stole this one from Hannah. <laughs> it almost makes but it yeah. a little bit more fun. I think it's like because <laughs> it, it doesn't it look like one long list either for me, which I I think just visually works better. It's not like I have all of this stuff to do. It's it's seeing it sort of grouped together into different tasks. That for me, I just looking at it, it seems more manageable. I don't know if if you have mm-hmm. a similar experience with that. No, I do. That's exactly I think why I do it. And like you said, I'm a creature of habit too, and I like organization. So all those things definitely tie in and mm-hmm. um. So we were just talking about getting our day started, mm-hmm. which made me think about, you know, it's nice to sit down and think about the day, but when you're car nighting and car backloading, you got to take a moment to look at your week too, right? Absolutely. Because I find for me, you know, so the listeners, I think I've said this before, but I'll just repeat it. I do like a kind of a combination of car backloading and what, still one big carb night, but I really have to plan it, especially in the summer with social events. Oh, yeah. So I find, you know, when I sit down on a Monday and I kind of look at my week and, you know, see what's changed in my schedule, what I didn't anticipate, something that's come up because it happens all the time. I like to do that early in the week. Um, You know, of course, things still might change, but just kind of have a look like, oh, do I have to change the days I train or did I plan to go mountain biking this weekend or do I have a family event or whatever? And just take that week view and look at your carb loading schedule. Mm hmm. Yeah, because it makes things a little bit 
Yeah. And then you don't have to worry about it when it does change. It's not like a, it's not a big deal. And you can just, anytime you can plan things out ahead of time, it's always going to be less stress. But I think the point about the social events is important because it's summertime and there are holidays and weekends away and vacations and we don't we those times should be really fun to where you're spending time with your friends or your family or you're able to go on go on vacation and relax and you want it to be a relaxing experience a fun experience and not something that you're worried about exactly and you can always just manipulate it but yeah just having that plan of attack as soon as you possibly can there's nothing worse than like when something creeps up on you and you're like oh i didn't even realize that my schedule is like that this weekend i didn't give it any thought so mm-hmm. yeah just give it some thought i don't think we need to go on too much about that but just for you know the people that are new at this i'm sure the people that have been doing carb night or carb back for a while know exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. but the newbies i think sometimes they get like well, it always has to be Saturday or there's no flexibility. Right. And it's like, you know what? The beauty of it is that there is flexibility. So if it, you know, shuffles around a little bit here to there, that's fine. Best thing you can do is, you know, look at the week in advance, plan for it and see if you can optimize your training somehow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And not worry about so it. So what's the next thing you have on your list? Sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because it, you know we've talked about it before, and it for me too. Planning out my sleep is something I have to do. When I when you I just the sleep. beginning of my week, I look at my week and I see what mornings I have to be up a little bit earlier. Or um, again, if I like, I had a friend visiting in town, and so we were going to have dinner. So I knew we were going to end up staying up later than I normally would want to or prefer to mm-hmm. because we were going to be catching up. So I wanted to make sure that I planned out my next morning's tasks accordingly so I wouldn't be lacking in sleep because I'd be staying up a little bit later. But planning those things out as best you can, and honestly, you know, we know things come up and perhaps you end up staying right. up later, but you can't sleep in, you know, just kind of working working around that. And maybe that's a matter of taking a 20-minute power nap in the middle of the day or just even sitting quietly with your eyes closed for 10, 15 minutes can be enough to just recharge things if in the instance you didn't get enough sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm big on sleep. I'm, I've am i always kind of been a sleep snob, <laughs> yeah. um, which is weird because my mom says when I was a baby, I n- would never sleep. So I guess I make up for it now. But um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm one of those people where the summer actually really throws me off. I get less sleep just because I'm one of those people, as soon as the sun's up, I'm up. Mm-hmm. Even though I have blackout curtains and wear like an eye mask, I just, my body oh, just knows that the sun's, <laughs> yeah, it just knows. And so my strategy for that is I just have to, I really have to try to get to bed earlier. Um, I just have to make a point of that. And like you said, it just doesn't happen all the time if you have social things going on. So I, I will nap if I have to. And if I've, you know, stayed up late and I just feel like I have to nap. And, you know, sometimes that that changes my training schedule, too. If Agreed. You know, if I'm having one of those days where I get up and I know I'm going to be dragging my ass that day, I'm the first person to be like, okay, you know what? I'm training tomorrow and I'm just taking today as an off day. And then, you know, that's another point where you have to like stop and look at your schedule and be like, yep, that works for my week. I can do that. Dragging mm-hmm. my ass today. Well, I'll have to fit it in another time. So that's, that's a good uh, point. That's a good point. Yeah. Because go- going into yeah. the gym and trying to hit it hard when you're already tired is almost going to be counterproductive. 
Yeah, I used to do that, and now it's like the only time I'll really do that is, I don't know, maybe if I I know, and I probably won't like hit it hard. I'll do something like just moderate,、mm-hmm. you know, if I know I'm gonna have my carb night or whatever, and I just I just want to get it done. Then sometimes I'll push myself, but really, like I rarely have to. Luckily, I rarely have to drag my ass to the gym, but in the instances that I do, I really just tone it down. Right. And just you know, see how it goes. And sometimes you surprise yourself. Sometimes you get in there, and ten minutes in, it just you feel good. It's、um, true. And you just go with it. So sometimes,、it's... you know, sometimes it really is hard to judge. But、mm-hmm. okay, I don't want to drag that out too long. Unless there's anything else you want to say about sleep. Nope. Kind of the things that you do.、Um, okay. So what do I got here? Okay, I've got a few random things. We were just talking about going to the gym, so maybe I'll talk to or talk about one of the gym things that I have on my list before、yeah. we get to food and that kind of stuff. I can cover gym and sports-related stuff.、Perfect. So, something that just drives me nuts is when trainers—I don't know—and this is the challenge of like training people online and, and buying programs online for training—is that you never know what the geography of someone's gym is like. Uh, you don't know what equipment's available, and if there's one thing that just drives me crazy, it's watching people follow a program、um, that is—it's just completely ridiculous to try to do that program in the gym that they are at. So I'll give you an example. <laughs> it's like someone will be on the squat rack doing—well, this is something ridiculous I saw a little while ago, and it didn't make sense at all. But this is what was actually going on. They were doing super, super heavy squats. And the person was running to the other room in between sets. Oh, jeez! And so I kind of, I kind of, I went to pretend to do something in the other room just to kind of see what was going on. Because you know, sometimes I'm like, well, sometimes I get ideas from articles from the things I witness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bet. <laughs> But、uh, so I go to the other room, and no joke, they're doing. Okay, I, I know it's going to sound like I'm making this up, but I'm not. They're doing. You know the machine bicep curls? Yeah. Yeah,、really? that was the super set. Like, <laughs> yeah, the super set was like three to five reps of heavy squats, and then the super set was running to the other side of the gym in totally a different room. They had to go like out the door or down the hallway in the other room and doing machine bicep curls. Okay, so that was kind of ridiculous altogether. Not that I would group those two exercises as a super set right, ever. Pretty random,、uh, <laughs> but. Let's say it was. I would grab a set of dumbbells and do it right beside the squat rack. Like、right. convenient, just, easy. Like, yeah, stuff like that drives me crazy. Not only is it rude to hog a piece of equipment and、mm-hmm. expect it to be there when you're running into the other room.、Um, like I, I don't know. I'd be. I just think that that's rude and bad gym etiquette. But get a little creative. Like even if you have a template for a program that you're following. You know, and it calls for I don't know using two sets of machinery, and they're nowhere near one another. Maybe you can supplement one of those exercises to target the same muscle group, basically doing the same movement, but with a free weight that you can bring over to that machine that you are using, or the bench that you are using, or whatever. So I guess my pet peeve is just like the common sense thing that we're just totally lacking, and it's、mm-hmm. like. It's not just about gym etiquette too, and being rude to other people. It's like, is that really the best way to train? <laughs> you know, if、right. you're doing a superset, what is the point if you're running from room to room 
and then possibly even coming back and having your equipment snagged, it's going to derail everything. So, Completely. you know, you know, I don't know, just and, the yeah, layout and- of your gym and equipment <laughs> availability should really dictate your program or your exercise choices within the program. Right. And, and say you, you, you're getting ready to start a new program, it makes sense to evaluate what you have in your gym, where everything is, so you can make those modifications ahead of time so that when you actually go in to do a given session, you know what to alternate or what to swap out um, or you know, sort of hack to make it work for that program so yeah. that it's not a ridiculous you know, running around at the gym, just like you said. And, and there's nothing yeah, wrong with it's that. Like, it's not. It's okay to deviate a little bit from the program so long as it's mirroring it in some way. Yeah, as long as you're targeting the same muscle group and you're, you know, achieving the same thing in the end, you might be doing a different movement mm-hmm. uh, with a different um, apparatus. So you might be using dumbbells or a barbell instead of using a machine or, or whatever it might be. You might have to modify it somehow. And you know, I'm just as far as supersets go, it's like. You know, sometimes you see people standing there and, and I'm not really a huge fan of supersets until like towards the end of my workout, but you see people just standing there waiting because something is being used and it's like, well, you know what, just go smash your, your first exercise and then don't superset it, then straight set it. Like today, just like don't sit there for 20 minutes doing nothing, waiting for something, <laughs> just modify it. <laughs> I see that a lot. Um, or I used to see that a lot. Now, now where I happen to train, I don't see a lot of people following programs in general, which is, mm-hmm. um, I guess another big pet peeve of mine, but, um, yeah, I just used to see it all the time. So it's like, you gotta learn to be a little bit flexible with these things. And they are intimidating at first when you don't, you know, you're not, you don't have a lot of knowledge or experience. And in that case, I'd say the best thing that you could probably do is buy like a, buy one of those big exercise books of like, I don't know, I think they have. There's so many different ones that you can get. There it's like are, the Bible yeah. of like, you know, weightlifting or whatever. Right, right. And it's like everything's grouped by muscle group and you'll it lays it out really, really well. So if you ever stumped when you're trying to modify or design your programs, you can just go to that and be like, oh, okay, well, I can't I can't use the machine for this because we don't have one, but these are the other options and you can find something there. So Right, right. Um, don't be afraid yeah, to be just, creative and just test it out. Yeah. I mean that's that's yeah, the just test thing it to out. Do. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess, had, like, if someone, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I had to do that with, you know, I don't have, when I was doing the gymnastics stuff, I don't have a set of rings readily available, but I, I make shift the cross cable machine. If, you know, as long as the mm-hmm. arms can move up and down and the handles are even, I can make that into a makeshift set of rings and it works out really well. And people think that I probably look ridiculous doing it and people have no idea what I'm trying to do, but it works well and yeah. I can get the movements done that I need to without having to yeah. skip it altogether. Awesome. And, you know, another thing is if you are working with a trainer online that's helping you with program design or or maybe a friend or whatever, take a little video or take some pictures of your gym and show the equipment that's around there. Like, I mean, if you're working with a coach and they're doing your program design and they're not asking you what equipment you have, I don't know. That's just irresponsible and rude. <laughs> Agreed. And that's honestly um, because- what I do with competition girls is I ask before I do any sort of programming for them what their gym is like, what they have available. Are, you know, if they have standard equipment, is there any specialty equipment that we could incorporate? Like um, the ham, uh, ham, what is it? Glute ham raise machine. If you have that, let's yes. take advantage of it. Um, but totally. I make sure that I know what's available before. 
I put together any program. Otherwise, I'm just going to have to end up doing redoing it or going through a yeah. whole system of like, okay, well, what can we swap out? It just makes sense. Yeah. And there's a lot of coaches who would just like give the program and they're like, well, deal with it. And it's like, you know, that's just lazy and rude. And in my opinion, just unprofessional. Uh, if you're paying someone to do customized program for you, they should be asking you what kind of equipment they have and optimizing your time and making sure that you're working efficiently in the gym. So, um, yeah, just that's another, I guess, one of my little pet peeves and how we can all probably benefit from uh, just paying a little bit more attention to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, okay. So that was my gym one. And then my sports one, this is my Uh favorite. This is my life hack. This is what I was actually losing my mind when, so when I first got married and, uh, moved in with my husband, see, I've always been really organized. So when I have to leave town to go like mountain biking or snowboarding or whatever it would be, I I know where all my stuff is, right. It's easy to for me to take care of myself and go, okay, well, I've got all my snowboard gear. I'm not going to show up at the hill and not have gloves or whatever. <laughs> but when, <laughs> but when I moved in with my husband, I was like, I felt like I had to help him organize everything too. And he kind of would just leave stuff around and we would get places and he's like, Oh, I don't know if I have my helmet or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, so that just kind of, and it wasn't just for sports too. It was like, even just, you know, if we decided one day we're going to go to the beach and we'd be running around, do you have sunscreen? Do you have this? Do you have that? So I finally said, F it. And I spent like a whole weekend and I bought Rubbermaid bins. I have them labeled like AJ's bike, AJ's beach, AJ's snowboard. I have them all labeled. And in those bins is everything I need to do those sports or go to the beach. We have like a family beach bin. Um, and it's basically like if you're going to go do a sport, you go grab the bin and everything is in there. And we just chuck it in the van and it's awesome. And, and you know, I just go ahead. It just makes, something. I mean, everyone dreads packing and unpacking. So a system like that just yeah. makes things so much easier. Yeah, because one of my biggest burnouts was when I moved out here and like I was going to visit family and doing a lot of my sports still like two hours away. So we would we would travel for the weekend. And then when you have to come home and play catch up before you start work on Monday, that's what actually burnt me out the most. So this is kind of just solved that problem for me because it takes that whole run around out of it. Mm-hmm. I know that all I really need to pack is a cooler and my overnight clothes. And, and honestly, I even have a... Yeah, like a makeup case that has like double of everything that I kind of have at home. It's already kind of pre-packed. Mm-hmm. So I have that I have for my like toiletries. Yeah. My little toiletry bag. And, and the same thing with, with food, which we'll get into in a second. But same thing with food. Okay. I have like a go-to little box in my pantry of just travel goodies for convenience that I just always keep stocked. So when I come back from a vacation and I've used it all up, I already anticipate and I order more so that it's there for the next time, even if I don't have anything planned. Cool. And like, I mean, this is a great thing with kids too. Like I even said to my sister, I'm like, you need to get a Rubbermaid like this and just have like extra baby stuff in there. So if you ever need to hit the road quickly or whatever, it's already in the car. You're not stranded without it. So I think Mm -hmm. she's going to do that. But that's been, that has actually been one of the biggest stress relievers for me because I almost wanted to stop going places on the weekend because it would burn me out because of the runaround. Like I would sometimes have to take work off early on a Friday just to pack everything up, which is ridiculous. 
Um, but that was the only way I could get everything done. Like it, it really was the only way, especially when you're doing it for more than one person. Like I could get myself at the door, no problem. Myself and my husband, that became very challenging. Throw a few kids into the mix. Like I can't imagine how mothers do it. So took me a weekend to organize everything. Huge payoff. Love that system. Like every time I pack those bins, I'm super proud of myself. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it does cause some like friction, you know, between couples too, especially, I hate to be stereotypical, but a lot of times it's the women running around doing everything, packing everything up. Do you have this? Do you have that? And that can, you know, start causing some friction in a relationship. So it's completely solved that. Good. Good. Everybody, <laughs> everybody benefits then. <laughs> I said too much. No, no, we rarely fight, but really that was starting to piss me off. <laughs> but, but it's, uh, it's all, okay, you know, so, it's always those little things, right? <laughs> yeah. And those things add up and it's a totally unnecessary stress if, like you said, you get organized and think ahead. So mm-hmm. why have these unnecessary hiccups in the road if you don't need them? Exactly. So you kind of do the same thing with food. Did you want to talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, just from experience in whether it's traveling for for a show or a little getaway, you know, this I do it actually less now because I find it much easier to eat out low carb and kind of makeshift things in a pinch. But before when I was doing like the typical, you know, bodybuilding diet, I had to plan everything out. I mean, everything was weighed, everything was in its baggie and its Tupperware. And I had a very expensive Tupperware collection because <laughs> I packed so much food. Um, but, you know, planning ahead and having little individual packs of coconut oil or pre-made containers of like chia seed water or chia seed coconut milk pudding in the fridge, just easy things that I can grab and go with, uh, make just the everyday life a little easier, but especially when I plan on going away for the weekend or going on a trip. And I find as soon as I like I have a little box in my pantry, that's just little to go things. So whether it's like co- uh, individual packs of coconut oil or coconut butter, or like beef jerky or like beef sticks, something like that, to where they're just there. So when I'm ready to go, pull out a few, throw them in my bag, easy. Um, it's also nice just to have in a pinch. So if there is a day that's super busy and I don't have time to prepare something and I maybe did a bad job of planning ahead with food prep, then those are just easy things that I can grab without having to prepare them. And as soon as that stock starts getting low, I I order more. So it's there rather than realizing I need to go on a trip soon and I don't have any of those things in back stock. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing too, right? Ordering in advance and just kind of taking that tally and be like, I'm getting low. So you got to put it on your to-do list mm-hmm. yep. to uh, order new stuff. Because a lot of times that's kind of where I slack off a little bit. I'm really, I don't know, ordering online for some reason, it's not something I, I get excited to do. So I tend to push it off. And then I find myself kind of in the position that you're trying to prevent and where you're like, oh, shoot, I'm kind of out of that. And I should have got on that two weeks ago. Right. Because it could take a few um, days. So you want to make sure that you don't order it like the day before you're supposed to leave. And I've done this before where I was like running around at different grocery stores trying to find the little individual packs. And it was it didn't happen. I ended up just bringing the jar (laughs) because it didn't work out. I I do that several times. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and just like, you know, in instances that you're not, uh, you know, you're not pre-packed and planned ahead, it's just really easy to um, order ultra-low carb food just about anywhere you go. And I, I know that this is going to be kind of basic for a lot of people that have been doing this for a while, but um, to the people who are just starting to do this, I, I do actually get this question still all the time. And it's like, just don't be afraid to ask for something without the bun or how you can modify it. And side menus oh, usually yeah. save the day of like for so side or- orders. Mm-hmm. Like I did that yesterday. Sometimes, did you? So what did you end up ordering? I ordered a side of bacon and their Italian sausages. And they were they came yeah. with four little sausages and then four pieces of bacon. And it was perfect. And it ended yeah. up being like way the- cheaper than if I had gotten an omelet, which was what I was looking at originally on the menu. There was an omelet that was like a meat meat lover's omelet, but it came with potatoes and toast and fruit on the side. So rather than asking them to take those off and then spend $10 on an omelet because I wasn't eating half the stuff that it came with, I just ordered the sides and it ended up only costing me four fifty, which was a steal yeah. for actually how much Isn't food I awesome? got. It was great. <laughs> I was like, why didn't I do this I before? <laughs> My husband always says when he gets the bill sometimes, he's like, did you even eat? I'm like, I ordered off the side dish menu and like I had a huge meal. But like Mm -hmm. you said, it was like five or six dollars opposed to because there's nothing I hate more than ordering, like you said, like a breakfast dish or a salad or something like that, where you ask them to take half the stuff off the plate, but you're still paying like $10, $14 somewhere around there. That just drives me nuts. Especially when they won't substitute stuff. That drives me crazy. Yeah. I'm like really, yeah. so I'm saving you money. Side order. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Sometimes the side order menu is pretty hidden too. So um, sometimes you can ask that. You know, when they come around, tell you what the specials are of the day. Just be like, oh, is there a side side order menu? And mm-hmm. um, that's always been my go-to. Um, I I really have I've almost I can't even think of a time where I've been somewhere where I couldn't find an ultra low carb meal that was delicious and satisfying and not really on the menu. And, Agreed. you know, I didn't have to make a fuss to ask them to make it. It was like a no brainer. So I think, you know, as, as long as you're in tune to that and it took me a while to, you know, even remember that even after I had done it a few times, I was always like, oh yeah, side orders. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they do, they do kind of hide that stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. Um, trying to think if there's any other tricks. I mean, I've even or been in situations where, uh, I went out to someplace like Italian food, which a lot of people think can be really tricky because it's like pizza and pastas and breads and things like that. And more often than not, there's always some sort of like chicken dish or uh, sausage dish dish or meatballs even. And granted, most meatballs are going to have a little bit of flour in them. But yeah. In the grand scheme of thing, it's probably not that much because they've made a huge batch of meatballs. So, you know, if I'm getting three or four small meatballs, the amount of flour that's in it's probably not significant enough to impact things. So I'm not going to worry about it if that's the best option on the menu. Yeah, and I wouldn't even like ask them how much flour is in there. Right, because they probably don't know. That wouldn't be something I. Yeah, I wouldn't even worry about something like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and the other thing is, I just find when you're at a restaurant, I, I don't really like talking about my food choices with people sometimes um maybe it's because it's what I do all day long with clients but you know when I'm out for dinner I don't I just try not to make a big deal of it I try not to make conversation of it and you know if 
if a waitress or like a server is giving you any kind of grief about something, honestly, just say you're allergic and they'll make you whatever you want. <laughs> it's true. They can't say anything against that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like to, you know, play that card all the time. And I normally don't have to, but in instances that that happens, you know, it's really not that big of a deal to say something like that and just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that when, when conversations and stuff like that turn up about food, I, I really don't feed into them. I'm just like, oh, it's just what I'm eating today. I don't give anyone a reason why or get into the science or anything like that because I find that kind of be exhausting. So it is. Um, maybe some people find themselves in that situation where they don't like going out, eating in restaurants and making special orders of people because they feel like people are going to you know, start this big conversation. Well, nine times out of ten, I feel that people starting the big conversation are the people on the diets. It's true. Whereas if they just kind of, <laughs> just kind of, just kind of, I don't know, what would you say? Like, just kind of keep it real cool and don't say more than yeah, you need to. Yeah, I just say, just, just blow over. <laughs> yeah, I just say, this is what I want to eat. I mean, if somebody yeah. orders a hamburger because that's what they want to eat, I'm not going to be like, well, why are you ordering a hamburger? It's like, well, if that's what they want to eat, that's what they want to eat. So if you just say that, I'm ordering this because I want to. Like yesterday when I ordered all the side dishes, she goes, is that all you want? I was like, yeah, I really want those sausages. So what is she going to say? Yeah. Enjoy Turn them. Into something you, yeah, focus on what you want and say like, yeah, this is what I want. Not it's because I don't eat this. As soon as right. you say, oh, I don't eat this or I'm not eating. It's just like, then you're going to get the hundred questions, even exactly. from the people you're sitting with. And it's like, it's just about how you approach it and your attitude. And it, honestly, like I said, nine times out of 10, if you feel like people are coming at you about your diet, it's because you invited it. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I did that for years. I did that for years. I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing this. So let's talk about it. And I was like, this is exhausting. Uh, and I don't do that anymore at all. It really um, is. It really is. When you well, were talking about- Go ahead. Sorry, no, go ahead because you're going to go on the same thing. I was going to switch topics. Um, just that – I, I forgot. I actually forgot what I was going to say. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Good timing. <laughs> okay, I'll give you a minute. Can you remember? Mm. I was talking about talking about your diet all the time. Oh, you bring I, that attention to at, you. The, at the beginning, uh, especially when I, w- when I would be with friends, eating out with friends who – knew what I was doing and perhaps, you know, they, it was something that they were thinking about doing or, you know, contemplating whether they should be making better choices for their goals. Um, I had a friend who would always want to sit next to me at the restaurant to see what I was going to order. She'd be like, well, what are you going to order? How are, how are you going to make this work? Especially if we were going to a place that seemed like it would be a challenge. She'd be like, okay, yeah. I need to know what you're doing. Why? which I thought was really funny and great at the same time because I was helping her navigate the menu. So I was like, well, you know, these things are the most obvious things. And um, it's fun when you go to a lot of the same restaurants and you get to know the menus, which also is, is something to think about. You know, if you, if you know where you're going to go and you have the opportunity to just glance at the menu ahead of time, it's going to make ordering once you get there so much easier because you already have an idea of what's available in what sounds good yeah. and what you could change if you needed to. So that way you're not under pressure in the restaurant trying to make a decision and trying to figure out how to work things out, um, knowing ahead of time and having a plan just, again, less stress. And then you're more likely to get something that you really want and will be satisfied mm-hmm. with. Yeah, instead of making a rush decision there. Right. 
Yeah, because until you get used to it, it does, yeah, you do have to think about it and you got to take some time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so before I forget, <laughs> when you were talking about just uh, packaging food and Tupperwares, it reminded me of something that I do, which is when I unpackage, it's, it's usually meat products because they come in, you know, the packaging that meat comes in and you mm-hmm. got to you know, you've got to recycle the container, like it usually comes on like a styrofoam kind of plate or some kind of like vacuum package um, thing. And the nutrition label is always on the back. Mm-hmm. It's always on the packaging, but then you might cook a, a batch of whatever and keep the leftovers in the fridge, or you might not cook it all at once. I don't ever throw out the nutrition label. Um, mm. So let's say, I mean, right now I'm eating a lot more free like I'm not dieting down so I'm not really like meticulously worried about my calories or anything like that but in times where I was I would just cut out the nutrition label and put it on or in the Tupperware container that I was storing the food in so it was a a total no-brainer I wouldn't have to guess of like what the macros were because a burger is not a burger and a sausage isn't a sausage like I have sausages in the fridge right now where it's like they're loaded with fat and not a lot of protein, mm-hmm. but they look exactly like this other sausage that I buy that's actually really high protein and lower fat. So I just kind of like to know which ones I'm eating. And I, I mean, we can get, we can do another episode and all that. We already, we talked a lot about tracking calories and how we feel about that mm-hmm. and how you have to have targets and they don't necessarily need to be bang on, but you know, you, you should, if you have a goal and you want to reach it, you do need to pay some attention to it. So right. I do like that method. I hate it when you throw away a package and all of a sudden you're like, I have no idea what this is that I'm eating. I have no idea what it's made up of. Yes, I did that a lot when uh, Mary and I made the first Transforming Recipes book because I'm I'm the one that gathered all of the nutritional information and did all of the math and the macros and portions and serving sizes for all the recipes. So I <laughs> there were many a times where I made the recipe, threw everything away, and then went to go do the macros and I was like, crap. Like should I go pull it out of the garbage or <laughs> should I try to look it up yeah. and remember what it was? So just like yeah. you, I finally after, you know, probably a hundred recipes later, I'm like, maybe I should start saving these or yeah. writing them down so, ahead of time, like planning it out before I started cooking while everything was still in their packages and whatnot. I could just start jotting them down and collecting the info. And um, and then what I would also do is keep a log, just like for someone who's tracking in something like my fitness pal. Yeah. Once you've logged it once and you eat that thing again, it's already there. Yeah. For so sure. So if you are logging, then it'll show up there. Mm-hmm. And like I know, like even at one point, I just had this little bin beside the the counter, and it was just like all the foods that I ate all the time. It was just a nutrition label off them. Oh, nice. Just, That's a great idea. Yeah. So I just yeah, I just had. So I always knew. I'm like, okay, well, these patties. I, I mean, I don't have. There's a lot of variety in my diet, but. I just like where I am in the small town, the shopping is it like, I mean, it's not like I have all sorts of random choices all the time to like switch it up big time. So a lot of time I do eat the same brands and things all over again. Mm-hmm. So I would just kind of have like, it's almost like a database, but it's just kind of there in your kitchen because I really didn't, I don't love tracking in a calorie counter. I don't enjoy that process. I more gauge everything. I, I knew what my macro targets were for meals. And of course, for the day overall and I would just tally my meal and make sure I hit my targets Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so if I knew I was hitting my targets based on the nutrition labels and what I was putting together, I didn't really have to plug it into a calorie counter. Right. That makes sense. You can just kind of do yeah, the math in uh, your head, which is easy. Yeah. Once you've done oh it God, a few times. Every meals. Yeah. I, I know people that really like that method and people that don't. It, it's the method that works best for me. Um, but of course, you just kind of have to be a robot. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. You kind of, when things don't go as planned, then you're like, oh, okay. So as long as you keep a little running tally for the day. Mm -hmm. uh, but like I said, again, this was for when I was like really trying to do a, a major body recomp and things got really finicky towards the end. I definitely was not doing this all the time or mm -hmm. most of the time. Right. Right. And yeah. same thing for me for competing. I mean, at that point, I have something very specific that I'm working towards with a very specific deadline. And so it was important to track here and there. And I mean, in those situations, too, I was often eating a lot of the same things just because for me at that point, it was the easiest thing for me to do that caused the least amount of stress or worry. So I didn't yeah. mind at that point just eating a lot of the same things over and over again, because then it took away the stress of A, having to plan something different and B, having to worry about tracking it again, because if I track it one day out of the week and I eat pretty much the same thing for the rest of the week, I, I've done all the tracking I need to for the day and for the week. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's where things can get boring. But for most people, it really is what is the best thing. Because it's just like you said, it's just another way to reduce stress. It's like, you know, the trade off there is like, I don't want to put any more thought into this, I'm just going to eat the same thing. <laughs> right, 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 right. And, you know, in that mm -hmm. scenario, there's nothing wrong with that. And that's a, so a is good there anything else? Well, I was just gonna say that's a good example of kind of planning out a trip that you're going to go on or a vacation. And I had this experience over the weekend when I went camping and I was like, what am I, what am I going to bring for camping? Cause I'm, I, I'm, I want to have fun and enjoy the time away being unplugged. The last thing I want to do is like track things while I'm on vacation if, if I can avoid mm -hmm. it. Um, and it's just keeping things really simple. So if I am bringing food like camping, I'm only going to, you know, I'm bringing what I'm going to eat. There's no opportunity for me to like eat out while I'm camping. So I kept it really simple with like pre-made sausage patties ahead of time, a thing of bacon, a bunch of soft boiled eggs, some nuts, a little beef jerky, and just kept it simple. And I ate the same thing pretty much each day that I was there, except for the one night, which was carb night. And that I just mm. had fun with. Yeah. And that's kind of the, you know, another nice thing about carb backloading, carb night. It's like, even if your days are a little bit repetitive with food, you really get to switch it up with the fun stuff and the carbs, right? So yeah. I've never really felt bored with these protocols ever, whereas other diets in the past have just like, just, oh God, they're monotonous, been really, really brutal. <laughs> and, and I'm one of those people that can actually eat a lot of the same thing. That actually doesn't bother me that much but yeah some of them have been really monotonous and and you know another thing I'm going to point out just about food labels um is like a lot of our clients start off at that like one to one gram ratio of protein to fat mm -hmm. so when you're out shopping for stuff like turn around your nutrition labels a lot of meat you'll see when you look at the label is about a one to one gram ratio sausages are great like yep. you said the sausage patties salami's uh, great ground yeah, salami, ground beef, you will find um, a lot of things. And especially if you're looking for quick things to make that are simple. So let's say you're going to just do some like ground beef and broccoli or whatever. Just just have a look at the packaging in the store too. 
especially when you're traveling, because you can load up on things that you know you're just going to hit your macros bang on just by having that one thing. You don't need to add anything to it. Exactly. Easy. Yeah, which is another thing that I find is a very, it's a common thing that clients miss. They're like, oh yeah, I never really thought of looking at it. They, they wait to plug things into a calculator a lot of the right. time instead of looking at it in the store, mm-hmm. which is just, it's just an, it happens to everyone. So don't feel silly. I, I hear it a hundred times a day. And you know, if you're doing this, it's just like, look at it in the store. You'll see what the macros are right there. Mm-hmm. And those are also good opportunities to pay attention to where hidden carbs are because some things yeah. have them. And you're like, really? Yeah. I had to point that out to my dad the other day. He discovered this new salad dressing. And I was like, did you not look at the back? There's sugar in it. (laughs) (laughs) He's like pouring it all over the salad. (laughs) (laughs) It's so tasty. (laughs) I know. That's what he kept saying. And I was like, is it low carb? He was like, I'm pretty sure. I'm like, nope, it's not. (laughs) It's not. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Yeah, I've actually done that myself. So it's easy. I laugh at myself. Yeah, it totally is. Because somebody's just getting, you know, in the grocery store and you're like, oh, it. It appears like it's creamy or whatever, right? So you're like, oh, it must be low carb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so yeah, those are all little things. I know, you know, maybe a lot of you are already doing these things, but this is, I think, a good episode for a lot of newbies out there because these are common questions that I get asked all the time or just little things that they're just oversights that can make thing a lo- things a lot easier until someone's like, yeah, you can do that. You just never really think about it. So exactly. Hopefully we, is there, is there anything else that you really wanted to mention before we wrap up this episode? No, I don't think so. I think those are the, the most common, common things that come up, especially lately with it being, you know, summertime and vacation season, keeping things simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and, you know, even touching on that in the time of year too, I wasn't even thinking about it, but a lot of people travel in the summer, so they have to change their programming when they go gym to gym. So that's another reason why you got to be a little bit flexible with uh, the exercise choices that you have to do. Make sure you're getting the job done, but you might have to, yeah, get a little creative sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and that's fine. It's a, it's a learning process. At the end of the day, you're just going to have a lot of tools to work with. Exactly. Lots of tools for the toolbox. Can't have too many. Yep. That's right. That's right. That's right. And don't be afraid to ask someone in the gym too. Like, I mean, if you're a newbie and there's a trainer walking around just say, hey, I'm supposed to do this exercise, but it's not convenient or you don't have this, what would be something equivalent to? And they should, I hope, answer your question. (laughs) (laughs) Fingers crossed. Correctly. (laughs) Yeah. All righty. Right on. So I think we are going to sign off for today. Thanks again, everyone, for tuning in for another episode of Her Body, brought to you by Body.io FM, and we will catch you guys next time. See you later. Thanks. Bye, Alex. You've been listening to Her Body IOFM with your hosts, Alex Navarro and Andrea Jengle. If you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io. We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance. <laughs>